And the problem is that creates spinning. And what it creates is verbiage like, I'd like to, but I can't. I'd like to, but I can't. Not great messages because that messaging subconsciously will go through your whole business. So it's like, I'd love to, but, and I always say, stop when it gets to, but, and just say, I love to win or in the past, in the past, I couldn't afford that, but in the past. And so put it behind. Welcome to seven to eight, our special series on seven to eight figure entrepreneurs. In this special series, I interview million dollar, some $10 million, and even some million dollar business owners who uncover their twists and turns in their entrepreneurial adventure in order to help you to avoid the potholes and stick to the fast track. Welcome now to center stage, our next special guest. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Deb. Deb, thank you so much for being here with us today. Absolutely. An honor, as always, to spend time with you. Aw, thanks. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Oh, my goodness. Well, most people know me as a professional hippie, but if you want to break that out, that <laughs> means that I work with people in the arena of top performance. I'm a top performance trainer. I do all those kind of things that, you know, a lot of visionaries don't want to do. A lot of entrepreneurs don't want to do. It's the super, super sexy stuff like, you know, reverse engineering, strategic planning, what's your what's your marketing media plan for the next 12 to 60 months, all that really great, actually essential, fundamental money making stuff. Um, that's what I get to do day in, day out. But Michelle, I believe we're talking about a project today that is um, beyond my wildest comprehension. <laughs> nice. We will absolutely get into that project, but let's back up the bus just a little bit. Yeah. And how did you get into kind of working with people in top performance and or leading up to this project? How did this all transpire? You know, it's interesting. I have always had a thirst for people call me a professional hippie because I have a brain like a Rubik's cube and I live like a hippie, right? So I'm this holistic person that loves to build companies and business. Those two don't necessarily always go together. So it was a little bit of what people would call an oxymoron. So I came out of the music industry, which is, you know, pretty creative and found myself due to a flyer at a muffin shop, falling in love with the holistic industry. And so I had a very long career, um, 27 years in the holistic industry. And I was noticing my colleagues around me were not being sustainable. We're not finding ways to be sustainable. At home, I would go home and people would think I'd read books on aromatherapy and relaxation and Ayurveda. And I did, but I ate marketing and business and top performance books and tapes and like yesterday's business because I loved it together. So I studied it, but I think I had a natural aptitude. Like I was the person in their second class in massage doing a formula on my page. If I do this many clients and I do this and it cost me this, it's just a natural aptitude. So I think really it was more that I had this skill or gift like lots of us do. And I started helping, you know, my brothers and my sisters in my industry. And then people started to pay me for it. And then I was able to after building multiple businesses myself, use my own formula. And it really birthed that way. And of course, me, like you, we get to spend time with all these incredible entrepreneurs or people that are kind of full of gumption. Um, and I just wanted to create sustainability for them. So nice. I love it. So you have been working on kind of top performers and getting them out in the industry. And then all of, I'm going to say all of a sudden you had this brainchild, which I know, you know, the overnight success that started 20 years ago, <laughs> you have this project <laughs> going on right now. Tell us about that project, what it is, and then we'll get into kind of how it from, 
formulated. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this project is, and we didn't mean to be, but is the largest International Women's Day speakership and authorship that has ever been done, what we say on Google. So some people say then it's the biggest in the globe. Um, it is a book of women that have a sense of gumption, whether it's quiet gumption or, you know, hear me roar sister gumption. And it's 262 women, entrepreneurs, ultrapreneurs, creatives and media, rock legacy and tell all. That's the title of the book. And it's a full cover spread on all these incredible women that are sharing something personal and then talking about why they do what they do. So it's very photographic cinematography book, you know, coffee table. And then due to a movie <laughs> that got sent to me on Netflix, um, thank you, Gloria Allred, um, I watched this incredible movie and I got this massive download um, that said that I need to add something to this project <clears throat> to make it global accessible and have women be heard. So 22 summits on the eighth day of every single month from March, 2023. And uh, we're going all the way to March, 2024, International Women's Day, and then another eight weeks because it's all about the eight. And it ends off on, um, this series ends off on May 11th. And so, yeah, we've, um, it's been pretty incredible. I'll share numbers with you if you'd like on how many women have been able to come, but it's a free global for every woman and those that support women to come fill your cup. So 22 summits, people do one summit and go, wow, that was insane. I am never doing this again. <laughs> how do you do 22 summits and maintain your sanity? Um, well, thank God I have, you know, 30 years of top performance. And when I say that, I really mean that. And I don't say right. it as a pitch. I say that um, it's a curated philosophy of how I live. Right. I think you get that. You, you know, you, you rock and you are able to maximize. So does every meeting need to be 60 minutes? No, it could probably be 42. Can you layer things? Yes, well, I was walking to the dentist, I had three meetings today. You know what I mean? So I think you maximize, but the other thing is you get super real, super fast. There's 10 people. I just hired three people in the last week um, because as things come up, you you learn really fast not to not to start to drown before you hire out. I hire out before the money's in. That's just, you know, and then somehow the money's been made. So as a philosophy I use, don't go out there and do it if it's not comfortable, you know, but I, uh, and then you just forecast as much as possible. So when I did, did the summits, here's a prime example. Okay. We're going to do these summits on the eighth day. It's March 8th. We go up to March 8th. We announce the book opening of the Olympics. Then we're going to go to the day before mother's day, closing of the Olympics and take the book to market. It was only when I was doing a reverse engineering strategic planning on the project that I realized there's eight weeks between those two days. And I was like, okay, let's jump. And, and, and had there not been eight, if there was nine or six or five, there wouldn't have been, it just hit me as an eight. And so in doing that planning, I formulated that. And then I, I duplicate, look at, I, I owned direct sales companies. I understand about duplication. I understand about, uh, you know, delegating, um, and also creating duplicate systems. And so that's what I do every single time as much as I can. I love it. And I'm going to come back to a comment that you made that I thought was funny that you kind of brushed over. You said, I hire first and, I and the money just comes. I know how your brain works. And I know that the money doesn't just come, that that's part of the system of understanding the first hire has to take time off my plate so I can go and make more money or they are in a position to make more money such that <laughs> if the, if this project gets done, it pays out, it pays their wages. There's always 
a, a foresight to that plan of how to break down what you're going to do, when you're going to do it and, and who you're going to do it with so that it makes the money. And I think this is an important point for a lot of people, especially when they're trying to transition through those glass ceilings, that they come up and people get stuck on, I'll hire somebody when I can afford it. I'll do this when I can mm -hmm. afford it. It's like, no, you have to think completely differently than you are right now. And it's almost like you can't think differently than you do right now. So you have to hire somebody that has hired people <laughs> or that know how to break down the systems and strategize to be able to break through that conundrum of, I'm just going to do more stuff with more people. I just want to hire mini me's so that they do duplicate of what I do. And that will never get you past that glass ceiling. So can you break that down just a little yeah. bit for people? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have two philosophies around it. Sometimes you have your back against the wall. So I've got this big project going on right now. And one of my people, I could see she was struggling. I'm like, give me a, give me a job list of everything that you can't do and don't want to do and don't have time to do. And she wasn't, she wasn't till I kind of cornered her. And I'm like, we're now we were, we were treading water. Now you're going underwater. And I literally went and hired someone and said, this goes over here because you can stand back and see it. Right. So sometimes mm -hmm. you're diverting your cash flow, and you always have to consider, you have to make that decision and brave up early because there's a training period. Like, you know, we're just about to go into our big mountains, but you know, it, it required. And so you, you need to know that. And what I call that is I call that rice and peas. I'm willing to eat rice and peas. If that means I go hire somebody that's going to take money from my kitty and I don't care how much money you have. If, if, if you don't have it, you don't have it. And mm -hmm. so you're going to um, even give a part of a job away, even have someone take part of a system away. And then um, you eat your rice and peas. You work a little more. You're 15 minutes an hour or you're an hour more until you can give more of that away. And now maybe you're eating, I don't know, rice and asparagus. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> so you can do it in bits and pieces. Mm. Um, it's the cart before the horse, the horse before the cart. I also kind of believe in that jump off the cliff. It's a little bit of things that I've done. Rarely has that not paid off in our advantage. Um, things might take a little longer, but I do take a look at if I can't afford fully what can I divide and take? So at least you can breathe a little bit, but I hear that all the time. And the problem is that creates spinning and what it creates is verbiage. Like I'd like to, but I can't, I'd like to, but I can't not great messages because that messaging subconsciously will go through your whole business. So it's like, I'd love to, but, and I always say, stop when it gets to, but, and just say, I love to when, or in the past, in the past, I couldn't afford that, but in the past, and so put it behind and really, so just break even that job rollout, job rollout. And, and I've had people, I'm like, look at, if you really, 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 truly can't, and sometimes people will call me Janice Joplin on this, but if you really, truly don't think that you can afford it, do one or two things, look to see what you can trade for services. And the second is go take a real honest look around your house and go see what you can put up for Honestly, rid of the Mercedes. <laughs> honestly, go honestly, you know, there's look at if you, you know, go watch Gary Vanderchuk, he'll go to a garage sale and and knock it out. Or even my yeah. son, my son's launching his first company. He's not taking any money from his company mm -hmm. and he's tired. I'm like, yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I would say and you will he's got a job. He's got this. Right now he's researching something and he's like, Mom, I'm tired. I'm like, yep, take some energy. Here's some herbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you also talked about 
this this race that you have to Mother's Day, and I'm going to call it a race because you are going a million miles an hour. It is an awesome train to be able to stand next to. The power and the motion is fantastic. And in my experience, you can't do that without everybody doing the thing that they do best and loving the fact that they're doing the thing that they love best. So you mentioned taking things off of somebody's plate that they can't do, won't do. Be in my experience is because of the the negative energy around, oh, I should be doing that. Oh, I should be doing that. Oh, I should be doing that. Those three sentences just took you away from three things that you could have got done already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so talk to me about the importance of having the right people in the right seats, if you want to put it that way, or, or getting them. How do you know how to get that person in that right place so that as the train keeps getting faster and faster and, and getting that momentum that you have all the gears moving in this in the right direction. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'll answer that. Um, if someone gets through a project of this nature or for their first five or six years in their business and it went that smoothly, um, God bless you, you know, call me. <laughs> but um, I think I think it's one thing is like, but if you are the owner of your own destiny here, um, one is I don't expect the people I hire to uh, be able to do everything to the degree that I can do it. You have to get super honest and super real of that intro time of that, of how long it takes someone to conceptually get through and being able to master those things that they can do. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to always be doing that bird's eye view example. I've hired two people to take over my son's Patreon because he's, he's the artist. He doesn't want to send out the notifications of, Hey, we're doing this next week and what have you. So they just started, they sent me three messages yesterday that, that I had to interrupt my day and call and say, change that word from super, put out the word interesting, take that out. You have to breathe and go through that process and know that it's a three month process. And then they're masters in that domain. And if you add in another element and they've never done it before, great. Even if they're really versed in something like you hire an expert, there's a little bit of, okay, da, 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 and you tag team that process it'll be quicker i think that um so if you've done the job or you understand it yourself there's things like look i am i am pretty educated in media like i teach media classes but i don't do my posting on instagram so you can also keep your expertise and have some but if you know how to do it so much easier to hire so i study to learn the job and then pass it on to someone that i can have that conversation with even if they're educating me um, and then sometimes you're just caught with your, you're just caught it. You're just caught. You got caught. You're like, didn't see that one coming. You have a, a staff that gets sick. You have a situation, you get a whoosh of growth and people start getting bubbled over and you've got to throw a job or part of a job over to someone that doesn't really know it. And you're staying up later. I mean, I don't, there's no magic formula to that. Sometimes you're just going to get caught that way. Yeah. Absolutely. So in this project, you are incorporating the book. The, the speaking, the, the media, the, like there, yeah. there are a lot of elements going on in here. Yeah. Um, and a, and a, and a coffee table book, not just a, you know, a sweet little publication of, you know, a print on demand on Amazon. This is a monumental project. How do you one orchestrate that media? And two, I'm going to give you a really redundant question. How much of it did you have orchestrated from the beginning um, knowing that that was going to be part of the elements that you wanted to play out. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So this project is obviously monumental. It has 262 women in it. 
And these, these summits are, you know, 10 to 13 speakers with a celebrity on every single one. And on the big days, we've got seven celebrities, right? So you have to define your role for sure. Um, if you are not a multitasker, you have to, this is a multifaceted event. So you have to bring in your highest level of experts in what you can and cannot afford, right? This is where your contra, this is where you, you might be doing some contra projects. Um, you have to lay it all out on the table. I had produced a book before. I had hit number one. I had a book collaborator that I had been doing a number of books with. I knew her experience. I knew her ability in PR. Our last book had 140 million impressions in media. I could, in all honesty and deliverance, say your book is going to have mass media. Your book, because I've done it before. So if you're going to do something on a grand scale that you've done on scale, then it's easier, right? You know the processes you're going to take. You just have to multiply your infrastructure. Okay, there's 262 women, not 22 women. And how many how many pillars do I need to put into place to hold that up? And, and, and it's all about creating foundational infrastructure. Okay, private Facebook group, private WhatsApp group. We're international. We got to go WhatsApp. Like all of those places that have to be into play. And then some things will show up that you need to tweak. But predominantly we had done this before just not on this scale but I will tell you I will tell you when I got that nice download Gloria Allred want to meet you and um you can buy me a tea you can buy me a martini um <laughs> is um I had participated in summits I have a podcast company I understand media from that sense but honestly straight full transparency never organized a summit before so I decided that the first round was going to be 22 now, that's because I had competency in media of some sort. And then I brought in who I needed to and goes, I know what it's like to be on a summit. I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like. And some, some people might say, well, you know, maybe you should have started with one. I'm like, well, tell Gloria that. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and that's what made sense for the project. And so we did a little bit of learning curve on the first couple, but I had some people around me that, that knew that flow and I knew what I wanted to have people have as an experience mm -hmm. well and, and i'm gonna also say that those first two rounds i mean the world didn't explode you didn't die nobody was you know, left charred you know it was they're still great and awesome they're just not as polished maybe as the ones that are going on right now which aren't going to be as polished as the ones that end up happening near the end but mm -hmm. that's just the way it goes like you can't get polished without starting to put something into motion. It's like, mm -hmm. That's the whole definition of being polished. Something had some resistance, <laughs> took off a couple yeah. edges and <laughs> now yeah. it has to be polished. Absolutely. So what would you say is your most fun part of this entire project? Uh, well, the day of the summit, I always like go on my balcony and I'm like calling it in. I'm like, Whatever I say, because I've got to hold the energy for the whole day, right? I've got to hold the energy and I'm a speaker. I'm like, whatever I say, please make sure it's something that someone needs to hear, right? I do a little technology prayer. <laughs> I do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so for me, the day of the summit, honestly, one quarter of the way through, I am full. There's two things that really, there's two things that rock my world. One is an obvious, is that I get to sit across from women it is, it is untouchable on what women are doing on 
all sorts of different levels. I've got my, I'm having a call today with a woman who's empowering women in, in Africa by using cameras and teaching them how to take pictures. I'm like, what? You know, our keynote speaker was born in the slums of Kenya and still chooses to stay there and teaches women about their self-esteem. You know what I mean? Like, it's really, it's quite interesting what's going on in the world. So that part's really, really great. And then I get such a kick when there's a woman that doesn't think that they're blank enough. I'm not experienced enough. I don't run a charity. I don't live in Kenya. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. And I go, this is called stand up, speak up and show up. Yes, you. So if you're sitting on the other side of this, we're meant to talk for a reason and stepping up doesn't mean you mean to you need to be Gloria Steinem it doesn't it just means that you want to step up like move to the next level have a different form of engagement get a different exposure model on your business right mm -hmm. um so I think that's really really important and the other thing it's so crazy but women send me their books and things to put on camera and I get these little stickies I get these little stickies right and I put them on my house and it's just like hey thank you for doing what you're doing I cannot tell you it's crazy to say that, right? But I cannot tell you those little thank you things that I have around my house that I've looked at a million times when I'm tired. Because to say that you do a project of this kind of, and, and, and my team is all over the world, right? So like you finish your day and you're like, all right, I feel like I need to talk to someone, but I'm here I am having a little conversation with the food channel, you know? <laughs> um, so I think that, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, um, the, that really, those things kind of, keep me going. And I really, uh, just get to, I get to, like, I get to do this project. I love it. So I was going to ask you for some of the stories, um, that are going on some of the interesting ones, but I want to look at some of the ones where people are afraid to step up or think mm -hmm. they're not stepping up. And you're like, oh, you kid, it's fantastic. Like, and I know there's a ton of them because even the ones that you mentioned already strike me that way. But is there any particular that you can kind of touch on and go, yeah, people don't think they're stepping up, but they're doing miraculous things. Absolutely. You know what I think is one of the most shocking things for people is that so when women come onto the project, our ask is like, look, we're handling a lot of media. Our ask is you are to reach out and have 10 people, 10 people. If you're a speaker, you have to have 10 people. I don't need their names. We're all big people um, that are committed to coming to hear you speak. And I don't care how. And you know what? You can always tell because there's very experienced women like us. They're like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Even us, even us who are versed and experienced and da, 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 da. When we see our friends populate and come on to hear us speak, we get a sense of business esteem that is so important because we sometimes forget our own um, greatness. The other part of it is that women go, wow, people do care. Wow, people really are interested. Wow. And then there, there are people that they assume know everything. They were like, I didn't know you did that. And I didn't know you did this. And it is a whole different ballgame for women. Like after they speak, they're like, oh, wow. Like, wow. You're like, right? They're like, wow. Um, and they don't compare after that, right? It's really easy to compare to the celebrities because whatever, right? They're like, oh, look at that, da, 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 da. And I'm like, we are all women of distinction. We are all, you know, women of caliber. We are all women of, you know, some of us just have a little more following. No biggie, <laughs> no biggie. 
<laughs> it right. really isn't because some of us yeah. have just been around a little longer. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> Longevity <laughs> has something to speak for it. And well, and I've noticed so many times that people think they don't have a story and their stories are phenomenal. They think that, I mean, I used to think for a long time, like everybody knows this because I hung around with people that knew it. And then when I stepped out of that and kind of got into a different populace, I went, oh, <laughs> we don't mm -hmm. all know that we we're not all living by the same playbook. And I think that in itself is super important for people to understand because it allows them to stand in that understanding of their experience and their know-how. And sometimes it's raising a family. I look at women who have more than one child. <laughs> oh my God. Like you are a hero. Six kids and up. I'm like, oh my God. Like I couldn't handle one dude. Like <laughs> even do and have a job and take care of it. And, and they're successful at it. And I'm like, this is insane. Like I think people just do things because they know it has to be done and they don't mm -hmm. step back and realize how amazing and inspiring it is. Oh, I agree. And you know, it's really interesting. Even women, like you said, that have been doing this for a long time. So this incredible woman, um, she's sharing it with the world now so I can share it. Her name is Christine Blanchett and I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and she owns two TV shows here and uh, fantastic. You know, it's my son's first TV show and all that kind of stuff. So we were on and uh, she's, she's like, She's choosing to take this platform and trust me, she's on many to make an announcement or finally come to a place in her life where she's willing to share her story of anorexia. Now I've known her for a very long time. So some women are also going, okay, I'm going to, I've got myself here. I'm comfortable here. And now I know I, I, I now I know I have more of a story or a different part of my story or a part of my past that I've conquered that I know now that women see me here, like you have two TV shows, she's on every red carpet, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm going to talk about this. I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Nice. Absolutely. And I can't understate how important that is uh, because a lot of people think that it's just part of the process, whatever it is, they think it's part of the process and that they have to do it that way. Uh, mm -hmm. Kudos to her. And I think that's phenomenal and awesome. So we're going to take a little break. We're going to chat. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap. So you've given us a ton of fantastic Cinderella stories for this. And it makes me think that somehow, some way, this project has surprised you or <laughs> delighted you in some sort of way. How has that happened? Well, it, you know, it did surprise me because, you know, Michelle, I know, you know, the story about how this happened with, you know, when I was 31 and I had this download about doing a book. And then when we were in that health crisis, I had a message where it said it's time. And um, that's how this all came to happen. We didn't sit around a boardroom and make all those decisions. The decision was made for us. Then we sat around the boardroom. So for the most part, this has been one big um, crackerjack surprise, you know, but one of the ways that it's surprised me the most is I think is how it's turned into a movement. It really was a project that went into an event 
And that event has got has moved beyond us to the point where we were having private groups for the authors and the speakers. And now we've created a public one. And um, so it has surprised us in the sense of how big, how vast, how forward flowing, like the ocean is moving. And um, and we've made a decision around that. Should I do, should I share about that decision? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is our first okay, time so, hearing about this. This is awesome. Yes. So look, there's what's happening behind the curtain is there's about 450 women that have created what they call a sustainable soulpreneur sisterhood. And so all these women are creating these, what I call friendships and biz ships, right? And there's this big kind of rise that's gone on behind the curtain. Now we're going to be in front of the curtain. These women are going in front of the curtain and we're now 350 million of a viewership soon enough when we hit, when we hit the streaming channel. And so that's a pretty big movement. Some women are just hearing about us now, but we started a year ago. I mean, three years from beginning to end. And so to abandon the project, hey, May 11th, it's the final we're event. <laughs> and then we're going to do this live book launch in June 6th, come to Vancouver because it's my place and I get to, I get to say the location. Um, and da-da-da-da-da, that's so great. Cheers, congratulations, International Women's Day, Solidarity, rah-rah, cheer, cheer. The women are like, uh, where's next? Like, it's like we've built this community. So to not be abandoning and to keep with the play and keep with the fun and keep with the movement, after May 11th, we're all going to like, oh, and, you know, launch June 6th with this incredible book launch that people are flying into and all sorts of great stuff. It's a week of women's activities in Vancouver that we've created. We are going to have four summits a year to keep the movement of the acknowledgement of the solidarity of a global global day called International Women's Day. That's really what it is. So that women feel solidarity, which is not a feeling. Women have felt community, but solidarity globally, whole different ball game. So yeah, we're in for the long haul now, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> Be careful yeah, what you pray for. Awesome. I mm -hmm. love that. Well, and you are bringing so many amazing women in that are, are being inspired by your stories and they're and some of them are being nominated, which I also love. It's like the ones that don't have the confidence that they got all this and, and all their friends are like, yes, go do it, go do it. What are you doing to help those ones to be able to kind of take part in it and not sit back where it's maybe a little more comfortable and a little like, yeah. putting themselves out there? Yeah. And that's it, right? Because you look at there's, you know, 350 speakers and, you know, they all don't come with a Golden Globe Award and they've been at the Grammys and what have you, right? <laughs> right. We have, we, you know, look, we, we all, I always say the biggest paycheck comes from the highest level of being uncomfortable. So if you're uncomfortable, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. But to be able to make it so that you shine, you feel confident, you're on a screen, you know, the television cameras aren't all around you. It's a Zoom, it's online. So we practice beforehand. I'm a top performance person. I'm also a media person. And we also have media experience in, in the play. We have someone who's a, a journalist and an editor and all those wonderful that are helping women write their two paragraphs for the book right now. Um, so we have private, when you come with us, it's a, we have a private time where we do your media sheet. And if anyone doesn't feel like they've got it going on, we actually role play your interview questions. Even myself, you know, Kimberly Butler. Now we just did a role play. We're both versed. She's like one of New York's hottest photographers. She was Barbara Walters, private photographer. This woman knew us how to interview. So she's interviewing me next month on, you know, the, the realities of being a momager. So we, we role play with each other a little bit even. That's what professionals do. So we make sure that everyone feels comfortable. 
confident and ready to go on screen. You might be nervous. That's okay. It's just that, that, but we make sure you look good on screen and that you, that you take that everywhere you go from that point on. Nice. Uh, you mentioned momager. <laughs> For those who don't know what that is, uh, what is the definition of momager? Oh, that's just putting something else extra on your plate that you didn't see coming either. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's when it's when your child decides that they want to be an entrepreneur. It's when your child decides they want to open a business um, and you become a momager. It's the best of being a mom and a manager put together. So you now have this role of supporting, you know, one of your family members. Um, and we say momager because a lot of there's this new wave of kids that are deciding that they don't want to go to university and college. Um, and what does that really do? And what's the reality? Because it is super cool and it's super amazing. And you get to share these incredible moments. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a top performance trainer and I work with a lot of momager and dadagers and their kids because it's a different dynamic. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> a different dynamic. And you want success for your kids, but also as a momager and dadager, are you still putting the oxygen mask on? Are you an entrepreneur yourself? Because if you're not, if you've never done business, this is going to blow your socks off. So just some of the reality around that and how to how to gauge that, how to scope that, how to manage that, how to work with that. Um, but it's here. I mean, it's real. I mean, I'm living it, <laughs> but it's real. It's very well, real. I know some of our listeners are going to, one, want to pick your brain about that alone. <laughs> how do yeah. I navigate these waters? Two, can, is there still time to be able to play in, in the book and the project? And three, if not, that's okay. How do they start their journey with you and what's going on there? Absolutely. So we're down to our last five weeks to be able to play as an author. Uh, so, um, and if you are a nonprofit that serves women somewhere in your world, even if it's just that you are a woman founder, we have some spots left as well for gifting. Uh, but if someone wants to be in the project, they can contact me at dev at devdrummond.com is the best place to go. You can go to devdrummond.com and just go into the contact page because we meet with everyone. There's not an application online you can do. We want to meet and that just makes for a, a beautiful experience for everybody. Um, and in terms of speaking, we are down to our last eight spots up until May. But I just announced we're going to have four summits. And those four summits will allow 20 speakers. And then we, we will have six celebrities that are already coined uh, for those summits. But we have 20 spots available. So if you're looking to be a speaker and we we can't accommodate you here, we can certainly accommodate you in the movement. Nice. I love it. So we will, of course, have all of Deb's links in the show notes. Go ahead and scroll down. Click them. <laughs> uh, open them up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So Deb, I guess get to ask you, at what point in life did you know you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Woo. Okay. Well, you know what? At what age I was, I mean, I'll oh, tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, at what point? Okay. So I was in my 20s. I was in my 20s. Honestly, I came home from a gig because I was in the music industry and I had a, I had a moment in the mirror. Like it might sound crazy. Like I had a moment in the mirror. The mirror went black. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning. The mirror went black. I had a moment. I heard you're done. And I literally left, called the club the next day and said, I'm done. And I had no, I, honestly, I had no, I had no, I didn't have a spiritual belief at that time. I didn't have anything. Um, I had no idea what the next day was going to look like. Uh, that I guess was, and then, and that, that turned into going to the muffin shop and finding a flyer and got me into holistic health. And then I saw my brain go into action. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Well, we're all very glad that you had that moment in the mirror and that you saw that flyer. <laughs> <laughs> that damn flyer. Right. Neon pink, if anyone needs to know. 
Yeah. <laughs> You've been days. absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? You know what? I think that if I was to share anything, um, I think that something's coming up around. I really want you to understand that there is a difference between self-esteem and business esteem. And do not let what you do not know in your business yet to affect you in terms of your self-esteem. And that's what I see a lot, particularly because this project's women. I don't just work with women, but this project is women. And I see them take a hit in terms of their level of competency and who they are when they don't have a skill to take their business to the next level. I don't say this because I'm a coach and a trainer and you need to go hire a coach and trainers. Michelle, I have never not had a coach or trainer in my life. I think that's just like, I think that's a given. It's actually should be in your, in your financials with your business plan. It should be one of your expenses from the very first day you start. But that being said, stop having, stop in personalizing what you don't know as something in terms of your inability to be a great, competent person. They are not related. It is a skill, period, nothing else. And if you are in a place of uncomfortable, move forward anyways, hire someone that's going to help you. You're fine. You'll be okay. Do what we do and eat rice and peas until you're eating steak and lobster. You'll get there. You'll get there. I love that. I am so grateful for you to be here. I appreciate your time. I know how valuable it is. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yours too. Yours too, girl. You're doing good stuff in the world. Awesome. Peeps, thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to 7 to 8. If you're interested in upping your speaking game, be sure to connect with our guests with the links in the show notes and connect with me to see how we can help you get your tech done for you and help your speaking dreams come true.